faithfulness, um, even just getting through these days this week just to get here safe and sound and reasonably on time. Um, you know, for this whole trip, God has just shown himself faithful right in the moment, just in time, completely delivering everything we needed. So um, let us let's pray for a moment. God, thank you so much for this night and for the people that have come just to receive what you would have them tonight, Lord. Please bless this team and the, the congregation here, Lord. Work in each of our hearts and, and just draw us closer to you as we review this trip, Lord. And it's just joyful to be able to get up here and just think of your goodness. We love you, Jesus. It's always in your name we pray. Amen. So for this year's trip, um, it's, it's something that we've seen on, on each trip, but something distinctly about this year, it was just so tangible how much the Lord was working in, in each person's uh, heart on the team in preparation and, and during the trip and, and coming back home. And, and the Lord is always faithful, but just when we take steps of obedience, when we walk in the, the way that, that he is leading us. He is so faithful to work in us. Um, this mission, in mission in general, um, that obedience was going and, and sharing the gospel, sharing the good news. It's our faith in our one true living God, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and ministering to the saints and to the, those that don't know our Lord just a joy watching him grow and heal and challenge each each member of the team. Um, so somehow I always come to similar verses when uh, when we review a mission trip, but just going through a few scriptures, and I want to get back in a seat quickly so that we have time for all the great testimonies tonight. Um, if you want to turn to it, I think they'll be pretty familiar, but, but I'll just mention we're going to be briefly in Isaiah 52. Nahum 1, Ephesians 6, and Romans 10. Isaiah 52, 6 and 7. The Lord speaking through his prophet. Therefore my people shall know my name. Therefore they shall know in that day that I am him who speaks. Behold, it is I. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. And very, very similarly uh, in Nahum 1 uh, verse 15. Behold, on the mountains, the feet of him who brings good tidings, who proclaims peace. And just the first half of the verse. And, and something about that verse, it, it was in my reading recently, and, and I don't even honestly know how prophetic um, about our Lord and Savior, but just as I was reading, it struck me about our God, Jesus, who will walk this earth again the epitome of bringing the good news, and, and something just struck me about Jesus himself just acting that out, and so each of us that get the opportunity to go and just emulate our Savior in that act. Um, so flipping over to Ephesians, just continuing to, to look at the same point, just how many times we talk about just the feat of, of going with the gospel, this this theme of, of preparation. So Ephesians 6, 10 to 15, and, and skipping down a bit to 18 to 20. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. 
Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And like I say, dropping down to 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So even, even Paul asking for prayer that he would be faithful and bold and going and, and bringing the good news. And just finishing out in Romans 10, 14 to 15. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. So you're going to hear from brothers and sisters in the Lord, brothers and sisters who the Lord has in his word called beautiful for this simple act of going in obedience. They went and preached the gospel of peace, bringing glad tidings of good things. Seems like a theme that we've had over recent, uh, recent weeks. So, uh, Larry, and if you all would like to kick us off, God bless you all. Well, I'm going to let Ann go first, believe it or not. Um, this is special in the sense that it was our first ever joint missions trip. So it meant a lot to us from that perspective. Um, it meant so much to finally be able to go with Larry on a mission trip. It was so great. Um, I just loved watching um, him. He was so filled with compassion. We went to visit a family um, that the church had chosen for us. Um, it was very poor. This woman had left everything to get out of an abusive situation. And she left with the clothes on her back and her um, three-year-old daughter and was trying to make ends meet by making tacos, um, actually grinding the corn and making tacos on a little burner and selling them outside on the dirt sidewalk outside of her house. And um, it was a very brave thing for her to do. And Jenny and um, Larry and I went with a translator who has his own amazing story. And um, Larry was so touched by their poverty and that they had nothing, 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 nothing. Um, that I, and I watched in awe as he, they had a Walmart there, believe it or not. And I just watched in awe as he took, the, <laughs> he took this cart and he's like, he's always been generous, but he's like rolling around. <laughs> He's getting clothes, he's getting food, he's getting a table and chairs. And I know it's about Jesus, but it just blessed the socks off me to see the compassion and um, just the spirit of the love that uh, was poured into Larry for all these people. And um, it just, it, I encourage any couple to go. It, it's great for your marriage. And I remember Melanie said that last year, and for a year I've been waiting, say, yes, yes, I want to go with Larry. So praise God that we got to go. And um, I'll just say we were so um, just on fire for the Lord and, and just watching also the boldness 
and the love for people that um, I just watched him walk up to people in the park and start telling them about the Lord. It, it just really blessed me. It was supposed to be about Jesus, but. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promised her a really big dinner if she did all that. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll be I'll be brief. Uh, it, it was a real. <laughs> A real joy to uh, to be with Anne on this trip. Um, I have not. I mean, she's been doing missions for a couple of decades now, and, and uh, this is the first one we've done together. But I have seen her in medical ministry before, but it was really precious to see her on that day of outreach in the country, uh, stepping up and and being a dental assistant, which is not her background, um, and comforting little tykes as they get. Um, Novocaine, which they weren't used to at all. I mean, no, nobody likes that, but they especially. But anyway, a um, couple of thoughts. She mentioned that, that lady, yes, very, very poor and sweet lady. Um, it's good that we could all join in and, and assist her in some way. Um, you saw the images of the children, and I want to give you a little contrast. Um, I hope I can do it without getting choked up. The, the, the kids in the schools, both, uh, there was a public, I believe it was a public school, wasn't it, Patrick, the first one? Yeah. Uh, that were entirely Spanish-speaking, and then in the Christian school, Calvary school, they were so good in English that that was what they were expected to speak pretty much full-time, so that was pretty cool. Um, I enjoyed helping teach uh, basic English, didn't enjoy the art class so much because I'm horrible at it. So <laughs> anyway, um, uh, but another, the contrasting image of children was going to the hospital and seeing all these little ones really suffering. Uh, one little baby, probably not more than a few weeks old, if that. What? Okay. Um, had hydroencephaly, water on the brain, and didn't look very hopeful for that child at all. And Kind of just as an example of those children, a little tiny girl with the name Candy. Keep her in your prayer. She needs a miracle. So the last thing I want to say is that Calvary Chapel Esperanza, is, Daniel, correct me if I miss on this one, Eos son en fuego para Dios. Is that right? They're on fire for the Lord in a mighty way. I mean, that was... We got fed as much as we did any feeding for sure. That congregation is so inspiring. So it was a tremendous joy. And the last thing I want to say is Patrick did an outstanding job leading this team. wrote mine on my phone. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I want to thank the Lord for allowing me to go and experience this and for being an example and for him being an example for me to follow. I want to thank Calvary Chapel also for making this possible for me to go. This trip has changed me in more ways than I could have ever imagined. For the first almost six months before the trip, I kept hearing this saying, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. I never understood what that meant until going on this trip. I felt that I was not qualified for God to use me. I told myself, how can God use me and my brokenness during the season that I'm walking in? Boy, how wrong was I. Little did I know that God wanted to show others that he needs us and can use us when we're vulnerable, that's when we are in need of a savior. God is and continues to take me out of my comfort zone like he is doing now. <laughs> <laughs> and allow me to see his great work in my life and the life of others. I battled going on the trip for months. I let the enemy get to me and I even backed out of going at the last minute. 
I was making excuse after excuse. I took it all in prayer. I finally gave it to God and said, I'm putting this in your hands. If it's, in, if it's your will for me to go, open all the doors and let everything fall into place. He did just that. The day before the trip, Sarah texted me a scripture that she had prayed over me, and the scripture was Hebrews 10.35. It read, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. That was my final confirmation from God that I was supposed to go. Sarah also texted me that she was praying that God ministered to me through his word while I was there. He did just that. Jesus was speaking to me personally through everyone's devotionals. In one way or another, I could relate to everyone who went. By being able to share this experience with my sister was the greatest. I didn't realize till now that in many ways, Patrick's testimony that he shared was was and is a part of my story that the Lord had me there and I needed to hear it. I listened to his testimony and quietly took it all in as he spoke. It was so encouraging and just for him to be transparent, honest, and open with us shows who Jesus is and what only he can do. Patrick is what I call a father goose. <laughs> if you ever watch a family of geese, the father goose directs and guides his family. That is what Patrick did. I am thankful for that. For the from the first text, 3 a.m. in the morning, on the day that we left, to make sure everybody was up and awake and ready and heading to the airport, to staying on task, on and on time every day according to our itinerary, and finally keeping count always to make sure everyone in the group was not missing. There were a few times we had to be brought back, he had to bring back a wanderer, just like <laughs> Father Goose would do. God chose the right group leader when Trevor asked him to take over the mission trip. From Anne calling me Faithy, <clears throat> I feel that was God's way of making me comfortable around others and allowing me to slowly come out of my shell, even if it was a little bit. To be able to see the work God was doing in all of us in this group in one short week was amazing. You had a husband and wife, mother and daughter, and Eric and I's sister share this experience with each other. It was wonderful and everyone else who also came. I've always been a side person since I can remember, and I'm what you call introvert. I would rather not have openly speaking in front of people, and I always keep my voice quiet and just keep to myself. During this trip, God took me out of my comfort zone, just like he's doing now, from me speaking in front of you. I'm glad that he did that. I was able to open up to others. I was able to relate on many levels with every situation or walk that they have been through or are currently walking through. I especially know that for a fact that God placed myself and Debbie on this trip together for a reason. We are both one in the same. I can relate to her and she can relate to me. She strengthened me when I felt weak and I likewise. I was so blessed and thankful that we could be an encouragement to each other and lift each other up with the help that only comes from Jesus. He knows what we both have been through and are currently going through, and I saw her open up a little more each day. I pray that this walk she is on, that Jesus continues to grow her and strengthen her day by day just as he is doing to me. I felt that I was going to be a blessing to others, but it was opposite. Those at Calvary Chapel, La Esperanza, were a blessing to me. They're the example of following Jesus in Matthew 20, 28, where it reads, Just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, they were truly servants to us. I was especially blessed and encouraged by a woman we visited on our house visit. She was a widow who attended Calvary Chapel. I thought we were visiting her to encourage her and lift her up. It was the opposite. She had lost her husband three years ago, and I, and to see her strength now was just amazing at God's healing power. She said that she was heartbroken and wished she could have died in the beginning when her, first, her husband first had passed. But she said that if it wasn't for Jesus walking with her and strengthening her each day, that she didn't know what she would have done or if she had gotten through it. Debbie was one of the groups who went and experienced losing her husband 18 months ago. 
I was there and had experienced heartbreak a year ago. Tyler went and had experienced while we were even on the trip, getting a call from his wife that her uncle selling had passed. And Patty, who was our interpreter, let us know while we were there that she had lost her mom two months ago. You had four of us experience in one way or another heartbreak and loss, and just to see the healing and strength in her life three years later that only the Lord can give is miraculous. I truly say and know that he is our Jehovah Rapha, our God who heals. We are finally able on Sunday, the last night, to be a blessing to the Guatemala family and cook for 40 people and serve them. Everything came out perfect, from Erica's two large pans of mac and cheese that they devoured <laughs> to Jenny's two pans of bread pudding. They were so delicious. And to the 60 pieces of fish I was able to fry for them, the 10 pounds of mashed potatoes, they had to smash with a wooden spoon because they didn't have a, a masher. <laughs> but I may do what I had. It was done on time. It came out perfectly. All this was possible because of Jesus. Just to enjoy fellowship and good food and laughter that night, despite our language barrier, was awesome. It just goes to show those who love Jesus, there are no barriers or limits. I pray that I'm able to go again and grow even more. I also pray that if you have the desire to go, take it in prayer like I did. Let the Lord guide you and just know that he will and can use you. It's been the best experience you, I could have ever imagined. So I was especially looking forward to going on this trip to see my baby boy, Javon, but also to share this amazing experience with my sister, Faith. The Lord had placed on my heart to begin reading the book of Mark. The week before leaving, about three times I came back to Mark 5, which speaks of Jesus' authority over sickness and death and sharing what Jesus had done for us in our lives. When we went out to preach or praying at a hospital in the children's ward or going into uh, people's personal homes, I felt emboldened and fearless because that same power that Jesus has to raise people from the dead and heal the sick and cast out demons, that same power indwells in all of us. Sarah shared a scripture with me from Isaiah 41.10, which says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. And then um, Julie had sent me also um, the same scripture that Patrick read, which was Romans 10, 15. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. So um, instead of me feeling like how I was before, like overly emotional and um, nervous, I was confident in all my God and what he can and will do. I might not see the change or transformation right then and there, but a seed was planted, and that was my responsibility to just be obedient and go forth allowing the Holy Spirit to just equip me. Um, this was my third mission trip, and I just knew it was going to be special. I was looking forward to seeing all that God was going to do in everyone and all of us. I knew God strategically put all of us together for a purpose in time such as this. Each individual in the group as a whole made me fall deeper in love with Jesus, them individually, and then with my whole family, CCR. Mm -hmm. Meeting every morning to do our devotional was so encouraging. Funny enough, there I was able to wake up every morning at 5 a.m. sometimes. <laughs> And still have energy in the evenings. And I was on time, Trevor. <laughs> it's so... It, well, it's because of me. <laughs> no. It's so true. Um, when you hear doing God's work doesn't tire you out. It also helps seeing Anne and Larry tirelessly working alongside and, and, um, and just fearless. Grateful to see and be a part all that the Lord was doing. And you, Debbie... Um, patiently and lovingly drawing her to a deeper relationship with him. I got the opportunity to work with John Jones and see his heart for people. John, John's love and faithfulness and humbleness to the Lord 
was such an encouragement. I got the opportunity to pick his brain on how he manages his time with eight children, being a lawyer, and studying a different language, and starting a business, his own firm. Melanie is a definition of a prayer warrior. Her heart to serve people, being transparent and just so kind and loving was something I definitely um, brought home. Um, I love to see Jenny's love for Jesus and how much she has grown in the Lord. Definitely on fire for Jesus and her heart for animals. Even though she got me in trouble quite a few times for feeding stray dogs. Tyler, whom is new to our church, but I met him serving in Guatemala the first time I went. And um, his life was similar to my son's life now. And he's just been able to help me immensely with him. But he has such a servant's heart, always willing to help without being told or asked. His actions have allowed me to help with cleaning before church service in Guatemala and even wanting to come back here and clean our church here as well. Um, it was a pleasure seeing Lauren having a heart for children and wanting to be a nurse. She was our youngest member, but ready to pray over people. Definitely a testament to her upbringing and faith where she came from, and just how much God has changed her life and, and, um, and transformed her and her family's life and her husband and her two children who are saved. I mean, it was just, it's so beautiful to see him just work. I mean, you see his miraculous work in your family, and that's beautiful. And at last but not least, our leader, Patrick, his transparency and his testimony was amazing. God couldn't have given um, a better person the job to lead us. Um, and he just so looked after us. He has a shepherd's heart, truly. And I just thank you, Patrick, for all that you did in pouring into us. You are loved. All of you guys are loved. We love you. So I think I just heard that I have eight kids, which I, I appreciate um, that. Ref I, lo I lost count like five, six, something like that. So hi, guys. Um, seriously, though, um, I, I wanted to. Um, uh, so th thank you, church, uh, for sending us and, and for being obedient to God and doing that. Um, because uh, this was my first foreign mission trip. I don't guess I've been on any domestic mission trips. So this is my first mission trip, and it was um, an incredible blessing um, in just every way that you can imagine and a lot that, you know, I probably haven't figured out yet. But, uh, yeah, I got a hand in the audience. What's up? Dad? Yeah. Can you Okay. Um, I also wanted to um, <laughs> thank you, Jeremiah. Um, that I want to thank my wife and um, and Haley. Thank you for allowing me to go and for encouraging me to go because I know it was a lot um, for you to bite off and and to do. Um, you know, I, I won't get into all of it because I don't want Trevor to come up here and pick me up and <laughs> carry me off when when I run over. But um, <laughs> so you know. We went down there, and, I, you know, I was worried about a couple of things vaguely, um, you know, worried about how we were going to pay for it and worried about how Haley was going to get by when I was gone. And, I mean, let's face it, I don't do that much anyway. But, um, but you know, th th those, those were my concerns, and those were barriers to me being obedient and going. Um, but God cleared them up, and, I'm, um, you know, uh, came on real late. I, what was it about, like, three or four weeks before we actually lifted off that I, I came up to Patrick out here on the sidewalk in front of church on Sunday and he looked at me like I had a like second head and he's like we have like two hours before I'm like can I have more information Patrick and but it, it, God orchestrated everything and was able to go down there and, and try to keep an open mind wasn't exactly sure what to expect except that the Lord was going to move and buddy let me tell you the Lord is moving down there and I you know 
I'm not going to repeat um, all the stuff that we were able to participate in or you know, even share what a blessing it was to me specifically. I want to tell you a little bit about what God's doing in, in La Esperanza. Um, La Esperanza, it's Spanish. I think it means hope, right? Um, and, um, and God has really given me a hope for what he has started down there with Pastor Jeff Stone and Nicole and and uh, Brandon, kind of his lieutenant, and just all the ministries that they got going on down there. Like, what, what was it, four or five years ago that they were starting the church, Patrick? Five or six years ago. And, you know, I heard all the stories, but, like, they were meeting in a garage, and they had just a handful of people. And um, the picture of me up there the, uh, with me, like, looking like I had just crawled out of a swamp, we were able to help with... Um, a building project, well, I guess it was a tearing down project at that point, but they were expanding the sanctuary, and I don't even know how many people that they're, they're getting packed in there, but it's a pretty good-sized sanctuary. I'd say two, two-and-a-half times uh, before the expansion what we're sitting in here, and they're doing, like, they were up to three services before that, and and so that's what God has done in, in like, starting from nothing and, and and they're not they're not playing tricks. They're not doing anything. They're just lifting up Jesus. And when Jesus is lifted up, He's drawing people unto Himself in in a mighty way. And you know, like um, there there was just such a spirit of faith and of of um, um, it was just Jesus filled. You know, His Word was was the only thing they're they're teaching and 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 preaching from. It's the only power that we have. If there's anything I can bring back and give to you guys, it's that like Jesus is enough, and not only is he enough, he's the only thing, and 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 you see what he's doing down there, and he's taking people out of like drug addiction and all kinds of sin. We were on Sunday, they did this thing where um, people gave testimony by holding up cards and showing you know what their life before Jesus, you know, they were involved in all kinds of stuff and hopelessness and suicidal, you know, stuff and and. Um, uh, I don't get in all the, and then they turn it around and say, you know, what they are now, their life with Jesus. And I mean, just lined up down the aisle, going, going up across there and just filled up the stage. And those are the lives that God is, is changing through Calvary La Esperanza. But I mean, you know, let's face it, it's Jesus. It is Jesus. And, um, and so if you have an opportunity to go, can you raise your hand for me? Have you, have, if you've been on a mission trip, raise your hand. Hey, awesome. This has got to be a really high participation rate. Like, but for those of you that didn't get to raise your hand, go, 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 go. Like, you may think that you're not, but Erica, like you said, or uh, Faith, God doesn't call um, the qualified. He qualifies the called. Just step out in, in faith and in obedience and see what God will do through your life. Um, you know, in your life, and I just want to say, I'm nothing. What Jesus did in my life and through me was such a blessing. It cost me nothing. I, I don't even, you know, I mean, it, it was all just awesome. So, Jeremiah, here. <laughs> Not really. Thank you. Oh, and thank you, Patrick, for everything. Hi. Um, so I'm just going to share um, a couple things that just really stood out to me while I was on the trip. First, it was just really amazing to see God's creation, like as we were driving up there, the mountains and everything. Um, especially one of my favorite parts was in the mornings we would go up on the roof and like have our quiet time. And it was just, like, like a 360 view of mountains and, like, these giant volcanoes. And it was just so, like, beautiful and amazing during that time. And it just every day reminded me of how amazing and great God is. Another thing that really stood out to me was just all the connections we made while we were there. Um, the whole La Esperanza team was just so loving and nice, and they're just such a wonderful family, and they just made, like, even though I was really young, they, like, just made me, I never felt left out. They always just made me feel really welcomed. Um, there were definitely some things that 
I struggled with on the trip, especially being the youngest. I felt like nobody was going to take me seriously or that like nobody wanted to hear from me just because I'm a 17-year-old little girl who probably doesn't know anything. But it was just amazing. Like every morning God reminded me of something. Um, uh, one of the verses was from 1 Timothy 4.12. It says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And it really just encouraged me. Another thing that I struggled with was I had to share a devotional for the first time, and I had never done anything like that before. And also street witnessing, I was like, I have no clue how to go up and like talk to anybody. This is so weird. I don't want to talk to strangers. But a verse that God gave me was from Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The last thing I want to share was just how amazing it was to see God working through every single little detail while we were there. Um, just like, in, like increasing my faith and trusting him, like seeing him in other people's walks. Um, also, like when we went, one of like the things that I guess I saw him working the most in was we went to the general hospital and just seeing all of the little children there in such pain and suffering, it was just so hard to see it. But at the same time, I just knew that because we went and we prayed with each of the families that we saw and just like the smiles that they had afterward that we had prayed with them and been with them was just so amazing. And just being able to grow closer with everyone on my team, all the ladies on my team who just were like a little mom to me, were just so amazing. <laughs> and um, I just really was lucky to be able to go and share this experience with my mom. And I just look forward to hopefully going sometime again and that my brother and sister will be able to go. But thank you. Okay, I'm, I'm really nervous. Um, <laughs> all right, when I first decided what I was going to talk about, I had it all planned out and was writing my script, and I started deleting thing, everything, things, and all I have left is scripture. That's it. So... Um, Something very special happened to me in Guatemala and to somebody else. And um, it's a little deep. Tried to back out of this, but Patrick encouraged me to share anyway. First of all, I didn't decide to go to Guatemala until about two or three weeks before we left. God just cleared my schedule and made it possible. In fact, I don't even think I remembered there was a trip. When I saw that there was... I knew it is something that I've been praying about for a long time, um, for over a year, that maybe since we didn't get to go to Israel, I really kind of like started something in me, and I've been praying about it. And he just made it so perfect, cleared my schedule. You know how when you get a paycheck and you're like, ooh, let's do it right now before the money's gone? <laughs> so we got that paid for. <laughs> um, just everything was perfect. Um, one morning, Patrick asked us all, why are you guys here? What is your real motivation for being here? I didn't have one because I'd never been on a mission trip. I just knew that I was there and God was going to do something. He must be for this to work out so perfectly. I don't know what it is yet, but he's got to be doing something crazy. You know, Everyone else was like medical ministry, street witnessing, and I had nothing really. So one night, um, we were out having dinner, 
and a young woman came up to me who happens to be a teacher at the Calvary School. And she said, Anne told me to come and talk to you. And um, I said, okay, about what? She says, I have a son who just ran away. <laughs> so anyway, we got to talking, and our stories are uncanny. They're so similar. Every little detail, even the same month, the same... This story is um, exactly like mine. And he was able to use my experience and my pain to minister to this young woman. She's watching right now, and we talk almost every day. And some of the encouragement that I've given her and God has given to me um, is not to worry. That I have faith that they're going to come back. Um, Luke 15, 4 says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that's lost till he finds it? But here's the amazing part of that. It's when he does find the sheep, he's going to put it on his shoulders and walk it home. So we're not going to have sorry sons. We're going to have godly sons coming back home. He's going to find them, and they're going to be on his shoulders. They're going to be on fire for God. And I want Diana to know, um, I'm wearing your bracelet. <laughs> um, one of the things I always pray, this is Romans 1.10, is for the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged in yours. Um, God's going to pursue our sons. He has to. We pray for them, and he's going to bring them home. And as we pray for them, I, I want you to remember Psalm 139.7. I can never escape your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light to become night, but even in the darkness I cannot hide from you. So like our shepherd, he's going to find your son. This, it's so amazing how the Lord has used such a painful experience to go minister to another woman in Calvary Chapel across, well, across the United States, not really across the world, but felt like it. And... Um, just what a blessing that it has been to have her friendship and connect on a level that I never knew that I could connect with another person. Um, and the other thing I want to share is she needs prayer. Her name is Diana, and she is watching right now, and she's asking for your prayers for her son to come home. Um, He's become very rebellious. He has um, treated her poorly. And we know this happens now because they just want to do what they want to do. It's nothing personal. And, um, but her pain is very real. And um, she, she needs people to intercede for her the way you guys have interceded for me and how the Lord brought me peace. And she has a WhatsApp. I can give you that information. If anyone wants to reach out and pray to her, she's waiting. And she loves this church very much. And I just want to thank this Calvary Chapel. I want to thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. It has all been worth it. Every day of pain has been worth it so that I could share this with you. Thank you.
Hi. <laughs> um, I'm nervous as well. Um, not good at this. In all honesty, I wasn't going to um, share because I wanted to hide in my fear of speaking in public and my praying in public. And But Patrick <laughs> sent out this group email showing the itinerary for tonight. And... Um, I noticed I was the only one not on the list. Although, I believe the Holy Spirit was poking at me all week to share. And thank you, Patrick, for sending that out. So here I am. Bear with me, okay? Um, as most of you know, my husband passed away about 18 months ago. And um, ever since then, I've been praying for the Lord to give me a direction, a purpose, um, some way to use me. Uh, my desire is to be his hands and feet. And um, I can't hear him. And um, I heard about the Guatemala trip. And... Um, I wasn't sure if you, the church, would let me go because I had not committed to the church here. I belong to another church, Catholic Church. Um, by the grace of God, you all said I could go, so thank you for that. My trip... Um, I might just start off with the first day we were there. The first assignment was to um, go play with the children in the middle school. And um, it sounds easy enough. Um, <laughs> well, I'm a person that likes order. <laughs> and I walked in this play area that was maybe about the size of this room, and there are probably 30, 40 children. Um, volleyball, soccer, and hula hoop all at the same time. Balls were flying in the air everywhere, you know. The boys were running and kicking, and the girls were jumping and hitting, and, and I'm just like, and um, I believe the Spirit told me, you're not here to um, observe. You need to join in. And so I went, um, decided to go play volleyball amongst the soccer balls. And um, <laughs> it was crazy, I tell you. The girls were hitting the volleyball and kicking the soccer ball at the same time. And vice versa, and the hula hoopers were just hula hooping. It was crazy. And um, so I, I mentally had to step back and get a grip because there's chaos. And um, when I stepped back, I saw laughter. I saw soccer, I saw volleyball and hula hoops. Everybody had a focus. Um, they were able to see what their goal was, but they were able to see what was going on around them as well um, and to deflect anything that was coming at them. Um, and I heard um, there is order within the chaos. And I realized then that I bring chaos into my own life. Um, I have a desire 
to focus on the Lord. Um, but I get distracted with things playing at me. And um, from that playground, <laughs> um, I did realize that I need to keep my eyes focused on the Lord. Um, and he'll take care of everything else. And I'll be able to deflect anything coming at me. So, with that being said, that was an eye-opener. And the, um, I realized that the Lord was working on me and he was stretching me the whole trip um, in directions I never thought I could be stretched. Um, it was painful. Um, it was scary because I had to let go of a lot of things. All this is part of growing from losing my husband. I had to figure out who I was in the Lord, not in my husband. And um, I went on this trip, like I said, for direction and Everything that we were doing was fine and good, but I wasn't feeling like um, that's what I was there for. Um, I was feeling really inadequate in prayer. I was um, an embarrassment to the Lord, in my opinion, because I didn't feel like I could share my faith. And um, The night before the third day, Patrick um, had announced that we were going to do house visits. And um, he said, the first, the, the first person on the list was a widow, and she had a prodigal son. And she was married 39 years, and so was I. And my hand shot up in the air really quick, like, yeah, I'll take her. And it was like, in my head, I'm hearing, what are you doing? What are you doing? You, what are you going to talk about? You can't minister to her. Oh, you're not even done crying over Rick yet. And I kind of just settled that and um, I ran upstairs and I just prayed and I just kept hearing what are you going to talk about what are you going to talk about and um, grief no I don't want to talk about grief that's depressing <laughs> about loss she lost her son she lost her husband no that's depressing what am I going to talk about and I had brought a devotional book and I was praying and um in that devotional book, I, I found a topic, and it was um, turning good from bad. That kind of covered everything. I was able to I was able to share with her. the struggles of trying to get over, move on, move forward, however you want to say it, losing my husband. We were together 24-7. We worked together side by side 24-7. 39 years. And... Uh, so I knew what she was going through. But not only did she have a prodigal, not only was she married 39 years, but her husband was also a business owner, as was mine. She was Catholic, and so was I. She lost most of her friends and her church family. And so did I. Um, 
I was able to share with Laura. Laura was her name. Is her name. Sorry, she's still Laura. Um, <laughs> I was able to share all this with her. I told her I didn't have a direction. I didn't feel like I had a purpose. And in all that is just drawing me closer to the Lord. I don't rely on relationships anymore. I don't rely on material things anymore. I can't even say I rely on food anymore. <laughs> um, I just try to keep my eyes on the Lord. Like Faith said, we had an interpreter, and Patty was relaying all this to Laura, and Laura was sharing with, with us how she was able to cling to the Lord as well. Now, when I, we walked in to see Laura, to minister to Laura, she looked like she had it all together. She had a nice house. It was well-furnished. She had a glow about her. It was obvious it was of the Lord. And I kind of went into a panic, like, how do I minister to somebody that's got it together? You know? But it wasn't until our devotion was done, and I closed my Bible. I'm going to have to read this, okay? I closed my Bible, and I put down my pen. And I looked at her. And I openly shared with her how some people have come to me and told me it's time to take my wedding ring off. That it's time for me to start dating because I'm too young to be alone. I was able to tell her how frustrated I was. Because I didn't want anyone else but Jesus. He's my heart's desire. I want him to be my bridegroom. And I wanted to be married to him alone. I told her that no one understands me when I say that. They think I want to die. That's not the case. I just want to be his hands and feet. I want to be his. I don't always know how. I fail miserably. But he picks me back up. When I told her this, she was so excited. And she jumped up. And she... Her face just lit right up. She was just so excited because she felt exactly the same way. I was so relieved to know that I was not the only one that felt this way. Faith was the one that ended up closing up the devotion. She ended up sharing 2 Corinthians 1.4. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort of which we ourselves are comforted by God. This verse has been repeated to me many times throughout my healing journey. I never believed I'd ever be able to share it with anyone else the way I was able to share it with Laura. I know and believe that God blessed us both that day. I know that God had ordained the meeting. It wasn't by chance. My Lord showed me that he heard my cry. He knows my heart. And he showed me that I do have a purpose. I don't know if it's mission work. I don't know if it's ministering to widows. But this I do know. 
My Lord came and rescued me in Guatemala by showing me that I do have a purpose. My plans are not his plans. I need to trust him and continue to be still and wait upon the Lord. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Praise God. I don't have to say anything after all that. I'm, I'm so proud of every single one of you all. Thank you. Um, we're, we're called to share. It, it may be local. It may be international. So after hearing all that, please be prayerful now. Be open and receptive to, to if the Lord is leading you to go on the next one. Um, please take it to him in prayer and, and listen to, to the leading you receive. So praise God. Father, thank you for this night and this team, just the opportunity to share openly of your great work in us, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. Please bless this body, Lord, and guide us by your spirit. It's always in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Say thank you to... Patrick and and really well before um, the team went, Trevor deserves a hand too. There's a ton of work that goes into give Trevor a hand as well. Um, and Patrick can tell you we, we start working on mission trips really like almost January second. Um, it takes takes a lot of the year to kind of get everything lined up and and then. Uh, Thank good. Thank the Lord. Some of you joined with three weeks left. Although we had to, we dropped below ten. We had to grab, <laughs> which which changes the airfare, and then we have to go back above ten. And uh, but um, God God opened up doors for you know Jenny to go and John to go, and there was one other. Uh, who was the other? There was a third. Faith to go. Who was in and out and in and then finally in. Yeah. So we were glad <laughs> to see that you were finally in. But. Debbie, that was unbelievable. Um, I mean, everybody, I enjoyed every single one, but, uh, but um, thank you for sharing, because obviously up until a couple hours ago or a day ago, you weren't going to share, so thank you for sharing. Uh, we absolutely will have another uh, trip to Guatemala in 2020. Uh, we, we'd love to have some of you go that have never gone before. Um, and we went other places, too. I mean, uh, Jonathan Krauss is coming here, and Lee and Zach have been begging us to get one to India, and, and Jonathan Krauss has trips to India, and uh, Bill James, what, what's going on in Uganda is absolutely amazing. And the only problem with India and Africa is you have to, it, it's a longer trip. You, ha, it's a, you have to go for at least 10, 12 days because the jet lag and getting there, and actually, you know, Patrick and Jenny have been to Uganda. You know what it's like just to adjust to so it's it's a bigger it's a it's more time off work and it's not actually way more expensive cost wise it's pretty similar uh, a little bit more because uh, but those both in India and in Uganda they have facilities but uh, but it's a lot more wear and tear on you to get there and you need time to adjust and and coming back so uh, but we may end up eventually getting a team sm much smaller team there'll probably be a below ten team to get to one of those two Uganda or India uh, but. Uh, we've built a partnership with La Esperanza. I mean, we, Javon's there uh, right now, and we have become good friends with uh, them, uh, Jeff and, and Nicole, and Sarah and I are personal friends with them. And uh, so it's just, it's a great ministry. I'm glad you guys are part of it. One of the things that's taking place, by the way, the largest Calvary Chapel outside the U.S. is in El Salvador, uh, San Salvador. That's the largest Calvary Chapel outside the U.S. And what's happening around the world is when... Americans really, for the most part, don't want God. But the rest of the now, I'm not saying everybody. I mean, you, many of you got saved in the last five years or so. But I'm saying, as a whole, America just kind of. But around the world, people are hungry for the Word of God. So, in, like Uganda has exploded where Bill James is. Uh, La Esperanza has exploded, and this is really uh, because so many people aren't 
really being given the Word of God. And so when we come and we do verse-by-verse teaching, it's really, and they don't have like, you know, every corner has a big church like America and all that stuff. So it really is a great thing that God is doing. So uh, continue to get behind it. But um, I'm just blessed that Patrick has a heart for missions. Trevor has a heart for missions. Patrick's kind of taking it over. And, uh, you know, just pray about it. Don't worry about the cost. If you really want to go, God will get you there. Amen? Amen. And people will help get you there if you really want to get there. So why don't you stand? We'll just close in prayer together. Um, This is one of the best Wednesday nights in a while. I loved hearing from you guys. I mean, I hate hearing from me after a while. So I, 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 I mean, I'm like, this is great. I don't have to hear me. This is awesome. You know, but you guys... God did a great work in all of you, and um, John, thanks for not dropping the mic. Uh, We're not sure if it can handle that, but uh, (laughs) great evening. Lord, we thank you for this time. Uh, We just just praise you for what you've done uh, in getting each and every person there, and Lord, what you worked in them, among them, uh, using the pain in their life, but the gospel on their lips. And Lord, it is you. It is Jesus working in La Esperanza, here in Richmond, and each heart. We pray that this prodigal would come home. The prodigals in this room, or represented by the parents in this room, would come home. And Lord, those that are grieving the loss of a spouse, Lord, you would comfort them. Lord, those that heard the gospel, but so far haven't said yes, both here and in Central America and Africa and India, will say yes very soon. And Lord, we will all know that uh, you are the one that brings order in the chaos, as Debbie was talking about. Thank you for your word that's a lamp unto our feet and your gospel that's transformed our lives. Lord, we look forward to what you're going to be doing the remainder of this year into the Christmas season and into 2020. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We're only 15 minutes off, so have a great night. Take care.